This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Some of the big things that come up that we, oh, both in personal experience, but also that we, our community shares with us all the time is, you know, really being unaware of how much guilt and shame and, you know, burnout would come with being a mom. You know, we talk all the time about how moms are burning the candle at both ends, right? They're so exhausted. They don't know how to pull themselves out of this. They don't know even how to take care of their basic needs anymore. And so we often will talk about burnout and those struggles that come with that, right? And the guilt of, you know, wanting to do something for yourself, but not feeling like maybe you have the option to or the the support to. And, and you know, how do you navigate that when you're battling almost yourself in terms of can I take time for myself or not. Welcome to the Peds Doc Talk podcast, a podcast that continues to grow because of you and your reviews and how you tune in each and every week. A podcast where I get to welcome the most amazing guests to chat about all things parenting, child health, child development, and also really important to me, parental, physical, and mental health. Today's guests are Chelsea and Caitlin, founders of Mama Psychologists. They are best friends, authors, registered psychologists in Alberta, Canada, and most importantly, moms to four kids five and under. On their platform, they do deep dives into all the things no one talks about in the postpartum period and normalizing parenthood struggles. And we are talking about just that, not your mother's postpartum book, the things that no one talks about in the postpartum period, but we should. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chelsea and Caitlin. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited also to have double guests. I don't always have two guests on my podcast at the same time. So this is always a treat when it's a a duo coming on. Well, I'm so glad that we could connect. I'm so glad that I discovered your Instagram account and all all the resources that you provided, uh, provide for everyone around the world, not just Canada, obviously. But tell everyone who's listening, who may not be familiar with who you are, more about yourself. Yeah. So I'm Caitlin. I am one half of Mom Psychologist. I am a psychologist and I am a mom to two kids, one that just turned six and one that's three and a half. And prior to giving birth and having children, I specialized in children's mental health, teens and adults in trauma. But after my own experience with debilitating postpartum anxiety and really feeling not prepared for the postpartum period, I really took an interest in postpartum mental health and how can we share, you know what, that moms aren't alone in their Mm -hmm. struggles. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. My story is very similar to Caitlin. So I'm Chelsea. I'm the other half of Mama Psychologist. I have two kids, 
um, oh my gosh, one in three and a half. <laughs> it blurs. Uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> it together. Um, and yeah, I'm a registered psychologist. I specialized in child and adolescent mental health and perinatal mental health. So after my son was born 12 weeks early, I really became passionate about working with birth trauma and families whose journeys aren't as expected and are difficult to navigate. Well, I know you all have this book as well, the Not Your Mother's Postpartum Book. And we're talking a little bit about that, but also just about the things, again, that no one talks about in the postpartum period. And I know there's probably way more than what we're going to discuss on this episode today. So for everyone listening, make sure you follow them and I'll make sure to attach all of their resources on the show notes as well. But let's talk about the things. Let's just get into it. What would you say starting off the bat is one thing that we kind of deal with, but don't really talk about? Yeah. So for myself, postpartum anxiety and intrusive thoughts were such a big part of those Mm -hmm. early, early days. And even as a psychologist, I thought, oh, yeah, I got it. I know the signs of postpartum depression didn't even really think about postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. But then like three days after he was born, I was sitting there at the computer, like frantically Googling SIDS rates. Yeah. It just it exploded and I couldn't sleep. I really couldn't leave the house. Driving a car with my son in the back was like, oh, a no, no for me at the time. And I'm like, okay, this is not normal. My partner's yeah. like, this, this is not okay. Like, yes, there's normal mom worry and anxiety, but it's like, this is a different level. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I think some of the big things that come up that we Oh, both a personal experience, but also that we, our community shares with us all the time is, you know, really being unaware of how much guilt and shame and, you know, burnout would come with being a mom. You know, we talk all the time about how moms are burning the candle at both ends, right? They're so exhausted. They don't know how to pull themselves out of this. They don't know even how to take care of their basic needs anymore. And so we often will talk about burnout and those struggles that come with that, right? And the guilt of, you know, wanting to do something for yourself, but not feeling like maybe you have the option to or the the support to. And, and you know, how do you navigate that when you're battling almost yourself in terms of, can I take time for myself or not? Yeah. And going back to the intrusive thoughts that Caitlin was mentioning, uh, if anyone's not familiar with that terminology, because I think you don't realize it's happening until it happens to you, or maybe someone told you about it. So do you mind actually elaborating for maybe people who don't know what that is and maybe they have experienced it, but they didn't know that there was a term for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And for myself, like I was experiencing it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know that it was a normal part of motherhood. Yeah. yeah, A term for it. So intrusive Mm -hmm. thoughts are those thoughts that research shows again, like 90 to hundred percent new moms will experience intrusive thoughts of harm coming to their baby. Mm -hmm. So it's walking down the stairs and like you fall and baby tumbles down the stairs or Research also shows that up to 50% of moms say they have thoughts of intentional harm towards Mm -hmm. their child. So maybe that's, you know what, you throwing them off the balcony or hitting them against the wall. So that does not mean that you want to harm your child. Right. And that's the big distinction that we want to say. Just because you are having those thoughts doesn't mean that you want to harm your child. 
So that is so important to make that distinction that, you know what, our brain, this kind of goes back to an evolutionary Mm -hmm. standpoint where it's like years, thousands of years ago, we were wired to look out for every single danger. And sometimes that danger was the people that were around your baby and including yourself, right? So it's remembering that, you know what, our brain is just wired to look for danger everywhere, but it doesn't mean that you want to harm your child. If anything, if it distresses you, that's a protective factor. That's letting you know that, okay, I had this thought and this is like stressing me out. This doesn't feel good. That's a good thing. It's when you have these thoughts and they don't distress you, that's when you you need to get some help for that. I appreciate that distinction because like I experienced that as well. And I'm going to be very open on this episode because I do that a lot on the show. But I remember being with my son who, again, I was not intentionally going to hurt him, but I was giving him a bath and I just for a split second thought that his head was under the water, like imagined his head being under the water. Like it's it's a split second intrusive thought that I was like, oh my gosh. And then I like, Mm -hmm. I was like, no, whoa. And I had that happen. And I remember talking to my best friend who experienced also what you had mentioned, thoughts of throwing the child against the wall. And Mm -hmm. it was just talking about that and realizing that because then there's guilt, right? Because then you already mentioned, um, Chelsea, about like burnout and guilt. Because then you're like, I'm this terrible mom to have the feeling and this thought. But it's not, obviously, thoughts don't always mean actions. And I love that you're providing that distinction of when it becomes something that needs to be evaluated. And for all of our listeners, my hope is that I will have Chelsea and Caitlin on on a future episode to talk about when these things kind of become something you need to get evaluated. Meaning, when is it just postpartum normalcy, blues, da, 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 or when is it postpartum anxiety, depression, maybe things like intrusive thoughts. So thank you so much for alluding to that because I think normalizing it, but also knowing, hey, you need to get this evaluated if it becomes something more prominent and serious is such an important balance. Exactly, exactly. And Chelsea, for burnout, I know you're mentioning the burnout from a lot of the people you work with and obviously your guys' experience being on social media. Do we feel like there's a reason for the burnout? Is it lack of support? Is it personal expectations? Like, can we pinpoint why this burnout is happening? I'm sure it's very much multifactorial. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is. It's coming from a few different places. I think mm-hmm. right now, one is a big one is that lack of support, right? You know, it's like everyone talks about, you know, that that village, that village of raising your kids. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that, right? They're like, where is my village that oh, everyone yeah. was sharing about once this baby would come? And so I think that's a big one as well. Another one is depending on, you know, how many hats you wear, right? If you have a career outside the home, if you're staying at home, right? That work-life balance can be really hard to find. And so parents and moms who work outside the home are often feeling like they're not successful in either area because they're stretched so thin, right? It's like, I have yeah. stuff I have to do at work and then I have stuff I have to do and I have to come home and, you know, the primary load of everything I need to do falls on me and feeling kind of lost in that as well. And then of course, you know, coming from the pandemic and, you know, mm-hmm. that isolation and not having necessarily even those, that general connection to people around you, I think really impacted moms as well. Absolutely. And I am happy you bring up that pandemic parenting. I'm I'm also, you know, you you both have children under five and I'm I have a three year old. So I had three months where I was not in a pandemic and I got to experience the community for those three months. Right. I had my mom around. She eventually left. And then, yeah, I mean, that really big reality of you're looking for that 
village and even not even just to help you with the baby, but also just be your lifeline of support, you know, the emotional support, the, I want to just talk to you face to face. Like I'm tired of video chatting. I'm tired of, you know, phone calls. Like I want to see you next to me talk about things like that human connection that I think I agree with you. So many of us lost in the pandemic and so many of us expect and then don't get, it can be really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm loving this already because I feel like our listeners hopefully are feeling so much less alone or maybe they're past the postpartum period and they're already feeling like, well, I went through that and now we're normalizing these things and we're talking about these things. So obviously we talked about burnout and intrusive thoughts. And so what else is there that you think we really need to talk about in the postpartum period? Mm -hmm. I would say like the mental load. Mm. Oh, the gosh, mental yes. load is so you could have like a whole podcast yes. on that. oh my gosh we should but <laughs> yeah. it is the the unseen load of what motherhood really is and for for the most part that it falls to the default parent which of course not always but most of the time is the mom and it's looking at okay how do we get support from our partner and if we don't have a partner how can mm-hmm. we get support from others like what does our community What does our support network look like and how can we build that up? Yeah. And we should have another episode about the mental load, because that is another thing that I agree that is not really talked about. And I think this is an important thing that we should mention in this episode is that like, I'm not trying to scare new moms by talking about these things. This is just stuff Mm. that should be on your radar of like, Hey, if this does happen to you, it's very normal, you know? And I think that helps. Sometimes people are like, well, talking about these things, like it's so negative. I'm like, no, it's Mm -hmm. not negative. It's actually, Mm -hmm. it could be your reality. And we don't want you to feel like you're alone in this reality. Right. So exactly. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Artube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood explains in your podcast app that's understood explains warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust i absolutely love the spicy jalapeno lime cheddar chicken and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first 
first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I didn't know about the mental load. Like no one ever told me that terminology also, but then I experienced it. You're like, wow, like I used to be on my A game with so many different things. And now I'm like feeling so pulled in so many different directions. Like I can't even function and think and I'm overstimulated. All those things that I think a lot of women who are listening to this episode right now probably are feeling or have felt. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Right. I mean, you experience that, Mm -hmm. but until people actually talk about it and talk about, you know, what their experience and give a name to it and and validate it, you really, Mm -hmm. you really don't necessarily know what you're experiencing, you know, what's going on and you know what, maybe it doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel good, but it's just like, is it me? And that's one of the biggest things that we want to take away some of that stigma of, is it just me? Even like the reel that I posted this morning, so many mm-hmm. people were like, I thought it was just me. And it's like, no, it's not just you. This is an experience that so many parents have. But until we talk about it and you know what, maybe put a name to it, people don't know that others experience it. And then they have that isolation, that negative view of self of like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I can't handle it. Maybe like I'm not out for it and often like social media you see the highlight reel right you see all all the influencers with their green smoothies and their kind of picture perfect like white kitchens and all that Mm -hmm. and one thing we see is moms they they can fall into that that scrolling that comparison trap like oh it's so wow it looks fine for her wow she has like four kids and and like I have two and I'm struggling like what's wrong with me so we really and I think that's also your goal with your social media platform is to bring like normalcy back to like what actually is parenting and what is motherhood because it's not picture perfect curated um, kitchens and kids in clean outfits right like that's just not real life and we want to bring that to the forefront too, to make moms and parents feel less alone. Yeah. I mean, I feel it in my office, the amount of feeling of loneliness, you know, and so it's just a not fun place to be, especially when you're taking care of a child, you know, feeling like what you're going through doesn't matter or feeling like you, you just have to suck it up. 
you know, that mentality of like suffering is kind of, you get a gold star. Like that's not what I want for anybody. I mean, that's just not a fun way to parent. That's not a fun way to live, to feel like you just can't talk about things and just feel supported. So already I'm just loving this conversation loving y'all. Obviously we'll be attaching your resources. I'm looking, I'm actually looking at the reel right now. Um, and so <laughs> we're recording this in advance. Like when it finally goes live, obviously it may not be her most recent reel as you probably right, mentioned, right. but the date is March 28th, the day of our recording. But she was talking about basically um, how high functioning depression doesn't always look like staying in bed all day. Like you still can get out of the bed, do things, and it can appear to people outside of your world mm -hmm. that things are okay, but you're not absolutely like okay. And I think, I mean, we know that, like, we know that there's so much ability for people to put on a front because we kind of have to, and we've been told to do that. And that's really sad. And thank you for this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So one that's really come up recently that I think it's been highlighting more in terms of struggles is related to feeding, feeding your baby and, you know, the guilt and the struggle that can come with, you know, if you're wanting to breastfeed and you can't breastfeed, if you're wanting to choose to formula yeah. feed or needing to formula feed and then hearing about, you know, some feedback on that and how other people view that. And so, you know, a lot of um, moms we find will like push themselves, especially in the perinatal period to a place where maybe it's not good for their mental well-being in general and so you know a lot of times we'll hear moms feel again coming back to that guilt and shame around you know I, I tried to breastfeed my baby and I decided to formula feed because I that felt best for our family and now I feel all this guilt and shame because it's not what my friends did my family did what I see on social media again and and so we we talk a lot with moms about you know how can you make those choices and feel okay in those choices when yeah. it comes to feeding your baby another hot topic that comes up all the time in similar to that is sleep training, not sleep training. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of those things for <laughs> time as your child gets older, right? All these really hot topics that parents feel really uncomfortable in talking about because they feel like they're going to get chastised about it. Oh, I completely agree with that division of this is inferior, superior, inferior and superior. And of course, like I am a lactation consultant. I'm a pediatrician. I know the benefits of breastfeeding, but I also know the benefits of formula feeding, if that makes sense. I know that there is a place that it actually has the benefit of feeding a baby, which people forget that we are so lucky to have access to formula if a family mm -hmm. can't breastfeed, doesn't want to breastfeed. And I know so many families who choose not to. I think people perceive that everyone chooses to breastfeed. And if they don't, that that was a decision that was not something they wanted. But I meet so many families who are like, nope, I know breastfeeding. I can do it, but I don't want to do it. And I'm a great parent. And I'm like, good for you. I'm like, own it, own this. Your baby is going to be perfect with a loving environment. Obviously foods, when they get bigger, we're going to prioritize diverse foods. But I love that you all are supporting moms in that journey too, because the first three months, what you're dealing with is feeding, sleeping, and basically soothing your baby. And when you can't do those things, it becomes, you feel like you're failing, right? Like if you're not feeding your baby as you envisioned, or if you're sleep issues, right? Like if the baby's up and you're like, people are telling you like, well, my baby slept eight hours by that age. You're like, well, what's wrong with me? Your baby's just different. Or, um, you know, with uh, soothing, like if you can't soothe your baby because they're colicky, I mean, all these things, oh man, it really affects parents in that postpartum period. And I see it. I, it hurts to see it because people feel like you said, like they just feel alone and they feel like what's wrong with me. And that's the first feeling as a parent, you have a baby and you feel like something's wrong with you. I don't want that feeling for you. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. There's that, you know, I have to do everything perfect or yes. I have to everything right, quote unquote, right. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, what is, what is perfect? I don't think I've ever met a perfect parent. Yeah. And I exactly perfect parent. There's no perfect baby. It's all just evolving and, and working with it together. And I love that we normalize that. Oh, yes. We talked about feeding struggles. We talked about burnout and we talked about intrusive thoughts and that mental load, which of course I would love to talk about as a whole episode. And then I think you had one, another thing that we wanted to talk about as well, which was like something around boundary and relationship struggles. Yeah. So boundaries are one of the things that we found wasn't talked about in the postpartum period. You don't necessarily think about it or plan that, you know what, I need this time after baby. Or sometimes you find that the people you thought, you know what, oh yeah, it'll be fine. I don't need to explicitly say X, Y, and Z with them that, that you have to. And especially in the pandemic, we found that this was a huge topic Mm -hmm. for many parents where people had vastly different views and beliefs and people were having to set boundaries with people that they never had to before their parents, which can often be uncomfortable because you're used to being in that, that child role and the parent is in that parent role. So all of a sudden you're setting boundaries with the people that fed you and clothed you and raised you. And that can be very, very uncomfortable. But it's also knowing that boundaries are so essential to a healthy relationship. And it's communicating those expectations. Because when we don't communicate our boundaries, then we can't always expect people to know where they are. And if they cross them, it's like, let them know. It's okay to say that. And it can be said in a tactful, respectful way, right? Boundaries don't have to be this big wall or this huge like iron fence, right? It can be, you know what, this is just my limits. Yes, we're going to do that. No, we're not. And that's that. And you don't necessarily need to explain or offer strategies, right, for them to deal with it either. Oh, and it can be so hard to do this when there's triggers from childhood. Like, you know, if you, it always happens this way where you become a parent, you kind of realize the good and the not so great things that may have been done in your childhood. And then you see your parent doing things and you're like, Hmm, I did not like the way that made me feel when I was a kid. And you're kind of starting to do that with my own child. And it can be, like you said, really hard to say it in a very tactful way without emotions flying high, but it is extremely important. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's one thing that we say to moms, it's like, just learn how to set boundaries. It seems awkward and it's uncomfortable in the moment, but it's really you know what, worth having that one moment, that one minute of, oh, this is uncomfortable. But now we can move on once we know that like the boundary has been established. And in terms of approaching that, again, I know these things we can talk in a whole episode, each of these things as its own entity, uh, but is there a starting point with boundary setting? Like, is it just first kind of deciding what your boundaries are? Example of how you would even tell someone to approach it if they're unsure of what to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for example, visitors after baby, that's a yeah. huge one, right? Where like your mother-in-law is like, we're coming over and you're just getting home from the hospital. And you're like, you know what? I really appreciate you guys wanting to see the baby, but we're not having visitors right now. Maybe in a couple of days you can come. Always like, you know what? People are going to push back if they're not used to you setting those boundaries, right? They're going to be like, oh, it'll just be 
will be an hour. It'll be fine. And then it's holding firm on that. It's like, I know you really want to see the baby, but we are not having visitors. It's really important that I rest, baby rests Mm -hmm. in a couple of days. You can come, right? It's holding your boundary. You don't have to justify like why, but just saying, no, no, we're not having visitors right now. And knowing that you're not responsible for any upset feelings, hurt feelings, any of that. You don't have to caretake anybody that you set boundaries with. And Chelsea, anything else to add on that? No, I think Lynn did a great job summarizing. I think it's important just practicing too, like starting yeah. with like a boundary and someone that you can find it kind of confident that you're like, I can set this. It doesn't feel like a big deal because family dynamics are hard, right? It's hard yeah. to start doing this. It's hard to, you know, make things maybe feel uncomfortable or those kind of things because that person's not comfortable with your boundaries, but just finding ways to slowly practice it and build up to what you feel like you need to do. I think it's really important. I love it. And like I said, I would love to even have a separate conversation about it with examples and stuff because it happens so much. And I hear it from a lot of my followers, you know, on my social media account, they're like, I struggle with this. How do you do it? Of course, there's different ways. And it's such a nuanced thing, right? Because every relationship's different. Like I can set boundaries easily with my mother, but with my father, it's way more difficult because of the relationship that we have. And so like I see people on social media, like share like, oh, it's so easy for me to set boundaries. Like I have a great relationship. And then I can see people being like, well, that's really difficult for me. And then they feel bad. And I'm like, well, every relationship is so unique that I don't want you to feel bad, but you obviously need to learn how to work with the relationship that you have. And I agree. It's so important for the child's upbringing as well, that they are seeing the parent create healthy boundaries on things that may not serve that child. One example is for us in our family is around feeding both of our, my parents and my in-laws. Oh my goodness. Like they are in that old school mentality of stuffing the kid's face, like dragging them to the table if they don't eat meals. And that's something that we're very against. And that's like one of our non-negotiable boundaries that we're like, look, mealtimes have to be this way. And if you can't do it this way, then we'll do mealtimes and you guys can pass. But it's so important for us because we see the struggles. We see the power struggles that occur. And so it's it can be so hard. But I think it's such an important conversation that we're having that we have to recognize that we're not alone. And what are we going to do to fix all these things and kind of navigate these, you know, treacherous waters that occur when we become parents? Absolutely. I know I experienced the same thing with in-laws and my own partner. That's like, just one bite, one bite, one bite. Nope, no, you got to stay. You got to sit at the table until you're done. It's just like, you know what? If they're noticing what's coming up in their bodies, if they're saying, you know what, I'm full, then we want them to, to learn right that limit and to recognize that in their own body, not yeah. just push past for the sake of pleasing others. Well, this was an amazing conversation. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm sure we can talk about so much more, but your book is an amazing resource. If one of you wants to speak more about the book, where they can purchase this and also where people can find you all to stay connected. Yeah, absolutely. So Not Your Mother's Postpartum Book can be purchased on Amazon. It can be purchased online at Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. And for the worldwide listeners, it's available at booktepository.com and free worldwide shipping there. And we're on Instagram at Mama Psychologist. Our website is mamapsychologist.ca because we are Canadian. Yes. And we are on TikTok as well. So we're just trying to figure out an adventure over there too. 
I love it. I had another guest uh, actually recording today that we talked about the adventures of TikTok. It is an adventure. It's a new, it's like a whole different experience. Uh, The algorithm, just the overstimulation. I agree with you all that it's something that does reach a lot more people, but it's a very interesting world for sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll be linking your resources. Is there any final message that you both would want to say? You can either do one of you guys or both of you um, just for everyone listening today. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is to know that you don't have to suffer in silence and you don't have to struggle alone. There are resources, there is information and there is support out there. Love it. And I love the name of your book because not your mother's postpartum book, because what you just said, Chelsea, with this sort of we don't have to suffer in silence. I think a lot of other generations before us kind of did, meaning they said, well, this is kind of normal. I'm just not going to talk about my feelings. And it is important to know that you're not alone and talk about your feelings. So thank you so much, both of you for joining me today. This was a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. And for everyone listening, make sure you leave a review and a rating if you found this conversation helpful. I love having people come on to not just talk about child health and development and everything going on with children, it's so important that we take care of ourselves as parents. And I know I have a lot of information on mother related topics because, hey, I'm a mom. I know a lot of you listening are moms, but thank you so much for tuning in. Leave those reviews. And I cannot wait to welcome another guest next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at PedsDocTalk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, TV. We'll talk to you soon. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.